0: Welcome to the by the hood podcast before we start this episode. Could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, Google podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up people? welcome to this episode of the Buy the hood podcast or webcast because i don't know how you're consuming this content i'm your host as always my name is jimmy and as we start off every show that's with gratitude just want to say thank you to all the supporters of everything that we have going on special shout out to all the students of Buy the hood university um still growing like crazy i know i say that every week but um we literally have a ton of students coming in on a weekly basis just want to say thank you to all you guys um Shout out to my brother Corey, who's not here today. He's out handling business, but you know, the show must go on. Shout out to my uh brother Kamari, the finance rebel, for this, this amazing gear right here. Oh, um but yeah, hat. listen, it's your guy, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in the community. And um, you know, this show is, is is like others. We have someone who's doing powerful things uh with infinite banking, is a concept we haven't talked about in the show yet. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to this conversation. We have Curtis Mayo on Money for Life. Curtis, how are you?
1: I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited yeah, to be here.
0: Absolutely. I'm very excited. I was, we were having a conversation before we went on. Um, you know, Actually, I met Curtis years ago when I was in um, you know, um, securities and insurance, and I was reminding him, like, you know, meeting him back then. So he's been in this game for a long time um, and, uh, you know, helping, helping families out and helping families to create wealth and protect themselves. So. Curtis, um, you know, let's, let's start with your background. Can you tell uh, our audience a little bit about you? So where are you from? Uh, what city yeah, so a- I'm, area? From
1: Philly. I'm from Philly, uh, grew up in Yorktown 12th and master. Hey, yo, what's up Yorktown. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, went to, um, uh, so what's interesting is, is I think I, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So I, uh, went to school. I, I ended up Uh, Again, going to private school, Philmont Christian Academy. but And then I played ball at a college, a Christian college up in New England called Gordon College. Got mad at my coach, transferred to Winston-Salem State, and got my insurance license in college when I realized here I am barely on the team and the NBA was not looking for 5'11 shooting guards. (laughs) (laughs) So I need a new plan. Fortunately, I've heard from the time I was eight – you'll never make any money working for somebody else. So even though I was a business major, I thought you major in business to go into business. It didn't even occur to me to get a job because my dad told me you never make any money work for somebody else. So that wasn't even a thing in my household. You know, mm-hmm. most taught, go to school, get your education, get a good job. I was never taught that.
0: Okay. So let's, let's talk about it. You said you come from a, a family of entrepreneurs. So like so, that was instilled in you, like as a kid, right? So you never, you never even thought about getting a job.
1: No, no, I always viewed a job as. Uh, I remember reading "Creating Wealth." A job was a. Now I've had jobs, but as long as I've worked for anybody, was like thirteen months. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because I wasn't any good at this yet, <laughs> so you gotta, <laughs> you know, so you had to supplement it because I wasn't any good. But I, I never like, I didn't want a career. Like I never really uh thought about that you know going to corporate route or work for somebody else because you know that that wasn't what we did here my grandfather was in business my family in the supermarket at, at 25th and ridge in, in north philly growing up and we owned a couple of bars in 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 philly in my late 20s uh uh I think I got involved with one of our bars, and this is where the gray hair comes from. You can see the gray hair? I came from the yeah, bar. You yeah, know, I'm gonna get robbed at gunpoint three times a year. They're both in <laughs> North Philly. So, and I was managed. It was like a baptism by fire, but you know, of, of so when I work with a lot of business clients, like they know I feel their pain because like I've had a deal, L and I, and you know, cash and running to the bank and looking at the bank account in the safe, hoping that you can make payroll the next morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff that people, politicians, let me start with them, don't know nothing about. When they, <laughs> every time they want to talk about raising minimum wage or whatever, it's like, okay. You know, I, I had one time I got into an argument with this person that was running for like lieutenant governor of Delaware. I was like, You think paychecks come from some magic direct deposit machine out of the sky? You mean some somebody's gotta make money to be able to pay all this this stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, they just don't get that concept of of really of of economics capitalism and you know what how what makes the country work and i you know one of my big passions is uh teaching our people the game it's hard to win a game you don't know the rules He's you know? and so there's a rules to the acquisition of money and so you can't money is not attracted to you if you have a disdain for it
0: hmm you know what I mean?
1: Uh, money don't mean nothing. I make money, money don't make me. Or you deep down think money's evil. Or you have a problem when I say profits or your capitalism. You're going to be broke. I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. No, that's interesting. My, my nickname is
1: the contrarian, right? So I, I kind of keep it
0: real when we, when we talk about it. No, listen, that. that's interesting, though, because um, you, you sometimes you think that the people who are, uh, you know, in quote unquote in power um, have a certain level of understanding. But when you, you know, when you start to talk to them and meet with them, you recognize they have no clue.
1: Oh, they have no clue.
0: When it comes to economics and even technology. Oh, my God, with technology, you try to explain something technological, it's, it's even worse. Like, so um, I'm glad you said that. But moving to your journey, so. After you got your license, what what was your next step after getting your license?
1: So I uh, I I came home, and uh, it's funny. Well, sidebar: I, I I sold timeshare for like nine months. It wasn't any good at that. I moved to Virginia, because <laughs> I I wasn't any good. So back fast forward: Curtis, nineteen, circa eighty-five, was is still, but I can be. My kids don't believe me, but I'm introverted. Uh. You know, so I'm not like terribly outgoing. So I'm not the sell ice cubes, the Eskimos type guy. You hear about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not that 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 person. You know, I don't like walk up to people, hey, how you doing? And meet people on the street and get their cards. I was never that person, okay? I've never cold called in my life. I don't like that. And um, so I, most of my journey was, and this is why I'm such a big believer in personal development. Mm-hmm. Because I've probably read a book of at least a book a month, but really probably for me it's two to three, so even a book a week if I'm really trying to learn something. Uh, for since college,
0: okay, nice.
1: And uh, so that that was so I've probably I'm more self-taught than because I can't think of anything I use in college that I use now. I learned more from my dad than I learned about business than I learned in school. Nice. So that was that was a journey. So I think it was personal development was is I can, you know, how to win friends, influence people, uh, think and grow rich, you know, attorney Robbins sales courses in the early of my career where I was learning about sales. Zig Ziglar. Now I don't even read that. I realize what business I'm really in is the marketing business. Mm -hmm. But then it was just um, getting better at communicating with people and uh, getting my meshes out there. So I would practice just like basketball, you know. I read George Gervin shot 600 shots a day. I shot five, 600 shots a day. So yeah. I was a pretty good scorer back in the day, uh, you know, when they had peach baskets for, you know, for the, for the <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I could shoot.
1: Well, I should be able to shoot. I just shoot 500 shots a day. Yeah, so you put, you put the work in. And it was open. It was going in. I need to follow my shot. So you have to apply. I apply that to business.
0: So what was it about insurance, though? What attracted you to the insurance business?
1: It really wasn't about insurance. I actually, at the time, it was, I was, I, I, I um, here's how I got in. A person showed me a check for, I was in Amway. <laughs> okay. And had uh, a person showed me a check for $400. I said, this is what I made for an hour's worth of work. And I said, doing what? So he showed me his little flip chart. And I was like, that's all you do? And it was interesting And I had, you know, I'd had finance, I'd had some stuff and I had learned more about money and talking to him, going to a meeting. And then I was I remember working on some paper in the basement and I was in the finance section and I took a sidebar and spent an hour just going through all these books about money. You know, so I've, I've always been interested in money. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and then, you know, then it was like buy term investor difference, you know, all this stuff that I understand now is completely wrong, but you know, you don't know the other side of that, but I was, I'm very crusade oriented right so i'm very passionate about you know changing the world or writing wrong so to speak so when i first saw it i was like wow people are getting ripped off they don't know anything about money you know when i got my investment license i was this is early 90s i was excited about getting our people you know in the game so to speak because you know in the Mm -hmm. 90s everything went up uh uh so i had people that, you know, made money that time because Curtis was their, per- their advisor and I I had a knack, I was told, for making th- things simple so that they were comfortable and they understood it, you know, because I was always been, I've always considered myself a financial educator. Okay. And yeah. um, that, that's kind of how I approach it because I, it's, I always tell people, look, it's your money, it ain't Curtis's money, so it can't be more important to me than it is to you. So I've always been that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question, so, um, your, your journey throughout insurance, because you just mentioned how, you know, when you first started, I, you know, everybody knows where that phrase comes from, buy a term and invest a difference, and <laughs> how you recognize the flaws in that. Um, can you explain it, your, your uh, journey in terms of starting there, and now you're in, you know, your infinite banking? So before we describe exactly what infinite banking is, tell me your journey about discovering the ways of insurance. I, yeah,
1: I, you know, I stumbled on this little purple book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Hmm. And that, and it's funny, everybody I talk to on, on, on my show, that if you if you talk to them somewhere in their lineage, that book is in there. And so mm-hmm. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then I started to realize, okay, what he's talking about and what I'm doing are different. And, you know, I'm the type of person, I go deep. See, like, I don't just read it. Most people read it and have no idea what it's about. It's not very tactical. So they just move on to the next thing. And it's more, it's really at the core, a book about accounting. So once I finished Rich Dad, Poor Dad a couple of times, it was like, you ever see the matrix? You see at the end of matrix when Neo could see the matrix?
0: Yeah, I I talk about that often on the show. We talk (laughs) about people having their matrix moment when they recognize just how things work.
1: That was my matrix moment. I understood financial statements because I didn't like accounting either at the time. And then I realized everything. Was financial statements. So if I'm talking to a client, I literally can picture the money flowing through their their assets, income, expense, asset, liabilities, their financial statements. I see it like the movement of money. And mm-hmm. then we got to change some stuff because see, most people don't read numbers. You know, financial yeah. financial literacy is accounting It's the ability to read numbers. It's not investing. Okay, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, so, anyway, I got that. I read a little book by, uh, on one of his tapes, I heard this woman, Kim Butler, who's, a, I'm part of an organization called the Prosperity Economics Movement. And she uh, said something Rich people don't buy term insurance is a waste of money. Now, that's what I remember because, you know, everybody needs term insurance. There's nothing wrong with term insurance. Okay. You need both. Yes. And um, because you your goal, if your goal is the most coverage for the least amount of money, then you need term.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And, it's because it's not the product. It's the strategy. But that being said, I heard her. I kept listening to that, listening to that. And then I discovered this little book called Becoming Your Own Banker.
0: Yep. I'm familiar with that, too. That's another. One.
1: I don't even know how I got it because it came in the email. This is like 2001 or two. It was like, what is this? And I, I didn't understand it because I still was in this other company and it took me four or five years to like deprogram myself from that <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay got so you.
1: even after i left i was like i wouldn't let it go you know no this is a whole life is evil you know and uh so it was a it was a you know i'd read a bunch of i had it was a it was a it wasn't easy i had to let certain things go so it was a progression of but i was doing it i was working with people and then when you start to study what people with money do. They mm-hmm. don't do any of the stuff that you're seeing on TV or that the financial gurus teach.
0: Mm, I'm glad you said that. So, cause I, right, so I've read that book years ago. As a matter of fact, I think I might go back and read it. I always like to go back and read things. Um, second, third time. Uh, that was, uh, like Nelson
1: Nash or Nelson, Nelson, Nash. Nash.
0: Nelson Nash. Yeah. It was Nelson Nash. Becoming your own banking. That, that's the one. So it was that book for me. And also a last chance millionaire by Douglas Andrews. Um, which kind of gave me a different perspective on the ways that insurance can be used. And, um, but I, so I, I totally understand what you're saying when you had to deprogram yeah. yourself because you I know, was this
1: close to joining Doug Andrews, his name is Andrews team. It's called okay. team Ashley, okay. And then I, I, you know, that's when I was told we were talking before we record. Yeah. the difference between accumulation and utilization and mm-hmm. utilization or velocity of money was better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that was the difference. So it's really not about the insurance. So if you say what I do now, just to clarify, I teach and I'm a trainer in something called principles based planning. Okay. Okay. And so what happens is what I take people back to most people don't have principles, like an operating system to help them make financial decisions, right? And so there's principles, there's strategy, and then there's tactics. Right. And so most people don't and most advisors have no principles. Right. They're <laughs> they're tactical, not principles like they're not bad people, but, you know, no. I got you. I got
0: you. Right? I got you.
1: And then um, uh, they're tactical. A tactic is a product you buy. So most people are tactical. Maybe some strategies will have like tax for your retirement. That's mm-hmm. a strategy based on um, like universal life, overfunding it kind of it's like they call the rich man's Roth IRA you could pull money out tax-free but see to me that's still based on a financial philosophy we call the accumulation theory in our okay. system right and so when you're hearing the accumulation theory here's what you hear buy and hold dollar cost average get out of debt rule of 72 portfolio rebalancing um buy term investor difference all of that you know you know the S and P, the stock market is the center of the of the universe, you know. And you're hoping mm-hmm. that you buy low, sell high, but in a in a world where you've got minimal rates of return, you've got a volatile markets that's really driven by the Fed, and you've got a dollar that the longer you hold it, the less it buys. There's so many moving parts to just. You saw, oh, I got a billion dollars, which is not enough, by the way, and but does that million dollar buy have the same purchasing power if you retire 15 years from now than it does today mm-hmm. so i mean so there's so many moving parts it's more than just a number you see in your account and then if you got a million dollars in your account and it's in a traditional account just take 30 to 40 percent off of that because that's uncle sam's money right you yes. just seeing the one so it's all of that stuff and see most people don't know a lot of advisors don't know that especially ones that work in these you know part-time things and so I'm sorry, I'm throwing people on the bus.
0: And uh, <laughs> no, no it, it's all, good. Yeah, well, <laughs> all because, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, as someone who's worked in that space, it's because a lot of times, um, it's not about the studying. you get the licenses, and you and you and you go to work in these different shops, and you're just a salesperson, right?
1: And, and a recruiter. Yeah, yeah, salesperson and, recruiter. You don't yeah. understand
0: um, how, and, and that's one of the things that bothered me about you know the the finance industry is that um, the one thing I recognize is. and and I say this a lot of times is there is no one size fits all approach. So a lot of folks have these, you know, the things that they practice, right. Right. And they mean well, but that's what they practice. Right. Um, And that might not be the best thing for someone's specific situation. Everybody has different situations. Whether you know, um, we're talking about whatever kind of debt they're in, right. um, what what their income is, you know. So that whole one size fits all approach is is, is can be problematic. But anyway, that's,
1: that's why you have to have principles, right? So. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk, like what I teach is the five principles of of, of personal finance, right? So principle, I'll just get running them through real quick. And we can stop anywhere. But principle one is to save, save 15% of your gross income. So savings is not the 401k. That's safe, liquid. You can use it. You have control. The second principle is maximum protection. So as you look at your... You know, life, auto health, do you have entities? Do you have a will? Do you have, you know, uh human life value with your life insurance disability? Most people skip that step because that's not sexy, right? Mm-hmm. But those are principles. So you have to protect the kingdom. You gotta save, right? Third, you got to make sure you have legacy forward placement of assets at death. Four is liquidity, right? So I teach people, listen, you and COVID has proved this. I want you to have three six, 12 months of your income Mm -hmm. in cash, okay, in cash equivalents, right? This is where infant banking comes in, right? But what happens is, but the principle is liquidity. See, the number one problem people face, especially our people, is lack of capital, lack of access to capital. You know, I say capital because, you know, because people say when you access the capital, they won't loan us money. We can't get loans. No, loans are... Debt, you know, debt and loans are a trap. That's you know, that's bondage, right? Mm-hmm. You need capital. See, if you have money, opportunity. If you have money, you got good income. You're a credit investor. Opportunities will find you. You don't yeah. need to go looking. Yes, sir. Yes. You know sir. what I mean? And that's so, what you got to do is you got to capitalize yourself. See, everybody teaches you to invest, and so you're investing in what the masses invest in. You're investing in things for people with no money what the hell is $200 a month in Robinhood going to do? And you're in brokerage accounts and you're trading, you know, you're not even investing, you're speculating. Really, truth Mm -hmm. be told, right? And uh, uh, so you got to be liquid. And then once you're liquid, now you can invest. And the difference is the fifth principle is velocity, right? And so velocity of money is the opposite of the accumulation theory. And you're, you're creating velocity. Like if you're in real estate, that's the Burr method right? That's velocity. If Mm -hmm. you're, um, you know, people that do options are creating velocity. You you Mm -hmm. buy businesses, you're creating velocity because you're, what does Rich Dad say? You want to develop assets. So what's an asset? Something that puts money in your pocket. That was profound for me, right? Because everything I was taught was capital gains. I want to get half a million dollars and a million dollars. I could get 10% on these mutual funds and live right off into the sunset. And that's complete nonsense. And uh, so- Uh, You know, you want to focus on leverage. See, you know, rich people use money as debt is money because you're using debt to acquire a real thing that throws off income every month. Right. Mm -hmm. Tax advantage, tax free. Right. And then your they use permanent insurance. See, banks store their cash in life insurance. Okay, Bank of America is the number one buyer of, of they buy have billions of dollars of whole life. That's where they store their tier one capital. Right. And so, but the funny thing is though that strategy, that philosophy works in personal finance and is safer. I've been on the phone. I was on the phone with one of the, this guy that manages like the $35 billion for one of my primary insurance companies. And they don't buy and hold. They don't care about the rule of saving too. They don't care about the management of compound interest. They buy businesses, they create velocity, they buy spread. They, you know, they might earn, you know two percent on this and and you know buy it at two percent and earn four or five percent spread I mean it's a completely different mindset.
0: Well yeah because because what they're doing is um they're 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 becoming their own bank now what I will say about understanding the rule of 72 is just just knowing how long it takes for your money to work for you right so even that's as a the bank only thing. just yeah, that's to what understand what I call yeah.
1: the velocity and also understand inflation how fast your money is losing value
0: right yeah those is, things are is, important those right. things are and important so the banking
1: thing we say look, you can be a customer of the bank or you can be the bank, your own
0: right? bank. Yeah, and your so own bank.
1: banking is a strategy, right? And so what is the strategy? It's principle one, save because you got to fund it. Principle four, liquidity, and principle five, what you do with the money. So what I start, because we have you, if you just do banking, you can still have gaps in your financial plan. So absolutely.
0: Them, right. Because yeah, you got to have protection. And you talked about those right. things in terms right. of like and also how do you pass this to the next generation? That's also important. And not not talked about enough.
1: Right. And so I don't want to mix. So what I realized when I discovered this about a year and a half ago, I was like, OK, I and so and So just to be clear, when I talk about banking. I'm talking about properly structured dividend paying whole life with a mutual company. So if anybody that tells you, well, I do infinite banking and I use universal life, they're not doing banking. Okay. Uh, because they're different. They don't work right. So I just want to get that out there like that, but not to go into, that's a tactic. See, that's Mm -hmm. a tactic, right? So it's really the strategy, but what precedes the strategy are your principles, right? And so most people you've got to, cause see if your principles and if your focus is, well, I want, we call it in our system being a cash flow near. So my goal is I want you to have asset-based income twice your expenses, right? Okay. And so now if you're calling yourself investing and you say, well, all right, I heard Bitcoin is going up. What do you think about Bitcoin? That's a tactic, right? Mm-hmm. And the question is what, why? So you start with why, What? what is it that you're trying to accomplish? So do you want to be financially free? What is that? Uh, Passive income, greater than your expenses. How does that help you do that? See, so when you start asking what you're trying to accomplish, then that kind of put blinders on and you figure out, OK, listen, is this going to get me from point A to point B or is just a shiny object I'm chasing because I'm chasing returns and I'm not chasing cash flow, which is yeah. what will free you.
0: So you're talking about focusing on cash flow. Now, I will say this, though, if if, if you get deep into uh, the crypto market, I understand you can't create cash flow. Um, with that, but that's that's a whole another advantage, right? Way. But see, you
1: you are becoming. See, what do what we talk about? Investing is not about buying something; it's becoming something, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you know how right, to hold, do repeat that, that repeat,
0: repeat that one right there. You said investing. So is
1: investing what? is not about buying something; it's becoming something. So, you need okay. to become an expert. So, somewhere on my YouTube channel, there's where I call it three rules of investing. invent One is investing yourself. Like, so one of I have a uh, show. Of, uh, you might know Camille. Camille has a guy that's my crypto guy right so yeah. I've, I've interviewed him on my show so camille has been doing it five six seven years he is an expert
0: listen camille 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 has, camille has been on here camille's uh someone i talk to on a daily basis yeah. um because like camille i'm also a certified bitcoin professional so yeah uh so so the thing is you know, I was just I was just putting it out there that you can generate revenue. But and, and he knows how well, to he well. told me that.
1: Like, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. For absolutely. him,
1: it's not gambling. So for most people just all oh, heard it because it's going up. Well, you don't know what you're doing. I, I tell him, go buy his course. Right. Absolutely. And 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 because because see, if you can't control it or control the outcome. Or influence the outcome, that's not investing. Right. But if you know what you're doing, see, as your knowledge goes up, your risk goes down.
0: But I think that's an excellent point. And for the folks out there watching, Camille is a member of Bodyhood University. So, um, yeah, so we, we talk shop crypto in there. But what you're talking about is investing in yourself. Right? Yes, which the is number more, one which, investment is you. Which is more important than any specific instrument that you use.
1: Yes, that's what we teach. I teach our clients to invest in themselves, right? So your number one, I tell you, look, your number one asset is you, right? And so you have to invest. And this is really... I can trace my growth to this principle. I didn't know this as a principle, but this is what I did. So you got to invest in your mindset, what you watch, who you hang around, what you listen to, what you read, what you watch, your skill set. What do you know how to do? See, money follows value. So if you want to make more money, you have to create, your income is in direct proportion to the value that you bring to the marketplace. Right. And so if you're not making enough money, that means you're not you don't know how to solve big enough problems for people. Right. And the re- money is a is a is a result of creating value in the marketplace. And then the three is your network. You know, who do you know? Who knows you and who can you solve those problems for? And then we believe your number one investment is, is a or your business. Right, and so, and we teach people there's four asset classes in investing: business, real estate, paper, and commodities. And then you've got to find what you like. Like I don't tell people what to invest in. I, my job is to make sure that you are protected, that you are you know how to manage your cash flow, that you're protected, that you're liquid, and you understand the difference between an asset and a liability and now you have the capital now you're going to go buy stuff that makes money that's not my job i don't do that that's why i let my investment license go i don't give investment advice okay mm-hmm. you are your best financial advisor so you need to invest in your, in between your two ears and then if you can tell me how it works then have at it you know what i mean but if you can't tell me, uh, how does it work well what oh I, i'm i'm doing uh, i got my money in this xyz fund who's the manager of that fund what stocks are they on <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean And so, because everybody wants an easy button, they don't want to think. So when you are, if you are- Because
0: in my experience, people are out there chasing lottery tickets. Yes. And and that's kind of what the problem is, chasing a lottery ticket.
1: Yes. And so we have to, as, as, uh, so I love the, by the hood university. So you have to learn how to do stuff, right? Security is the ability to produce. And so if you knew how to make money, that's why I tell kids, because I was, someone I was in class, they were talking about, yeah, you know, so is going to raise minimum wage. I says, Man, that's stupid. See, when I hear politicians say, for example, just to talk about why economics is important mm-hmm. so that you can know so you don't, what's that Betty Murphy thing? Don't fall for the banana tailpipe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Raising minimum wages is, is this. so this is not Curtis' opinion. This is fact. This is like gravity, okay? Uh, it, it's stupid, but that's that's, that's opinion. But the, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it causes uh, higher unemployment. It's discriminatory, minimum wage law, okay? It, it's discriminatory and it causes higher unemployment. OK, so that is fact. That is that is an economic fact. But see. So I hear people talk about we're going to raise that. I say, listen, y'all don't want that. I say listen, if you let's say it. See, I've always been on the other side of that because my parents have always I've always been the employer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have a different perspective. I tell people, look, think like an employer. Then tell me why I said what I just said. See, if you let's say you don't know how to do anything. But I like you. I'm willing to give you a shot. I'm going to give you $5 an hour. This is what we did with my family on the supermarket, right? And we just pay them. And uh, because you got to have your first job first. See, mm-hmm. if you're 35 and you need minimum wage, people got to earn a living wage. You got other problems. That means you don't have any skills, okay? And so what happens is you have to learn how to get up, be somewhere, be on time, pants up around your weight. I mean, you got to know how to do that first, right? You got to have mm-hmm. your first job first at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 You know what I mean? And so uh, then what happens is, but let's say there's a law passed. Listen, I got to pay you $15 an hour. Are you worth at this point $15 an hour? (laughs) No. So guess what? It discriminates you because you have low skills. So now I got to go because you don't create $15 an hour worth of output for me. Right? Mm -hmm. So either I got to raise my prices. I've got to go get somebody that if I'm paying you 15, you need to make me 30 at least. Yeah. You see, I mean, most people you don't want to get, see, I don't know if that's, poli- I'm not politically correct, but this is the facts, right? And so this is why I tell like, I, cause I, I do these trainings for young people for the you know, Urban Affairs Coalition, and I've done Ready, Willing, and Able, and
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Ex-Offenders, you know, listen, this is how to, uh, uh, uh the world works so i you know i can give it to you straight or or i can blow smoke up your butt what do you want Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) and uh and and so the thing is so if you i said listen your income is in direct proportion to the value you bring to the marketplace you can reel me back in if you want and the the question is can you make yourself more valuable is what i'll ask them and they'll go yeah i go how and they'll start rallying off. I could do this, I could do that. You know, some of them were just in this apprentice program that I was, you know, teaching these young guys on, and they they went through past the carpenter, the electrician, the plumber exam. And the people I taught last year, they all, all starting out at like 1920 with no student loan debt at nineteen, what is the apprentice rate? Nineteen thirty an hour?
0: Mm-hmm. With no student in, loan debt. There's <laughs> <no> <laughs> <new> debt <with laughs> That's how they start.
1: Right. 40, 40. If they work all year long, they only lay off 40 something thousand dollars a year with no debt. A lot of them are still living at home. And I got them saving 25 percent of every check they make.
0: Yeah, listen, that's that's an amazing start. But but you know what? To your point, though, um, the money has to come from somewhere. So if you're not able to generate that kind of value, where's the money going to come from? Right. So that's kind of what it boils down to um, when you talk about those wages. Right. You have to be able to generate. That kind of output, like you have to be able to kind of like pay for your own job, so to speak. Um, but yeah, but that that's interesting. So let me ask you this question, right? So now that you've um, you've come through this entire journey, um, you know, with insurance, um, you know, reading, uh, learning um, how to become your own bank, learning the principles of philosophy, learning, learning all these things, um, and now you're you're teaching. You call yourself an educator. You're educating others. You have your own platform. You know, um, doing this what does the future hold for you? What are some of the things that you're looking to do in the future?
1: A couple of th- well, it's really getting bigger at, at this. So we've actually started to um, uh, begrudgingly expand my agency because people, I have advisors wanting to know what I'm doing and you know, how's it work. So I've been teaching uh, really like other people, real estate offices, like marketing and how to grow your business because I've gotten, I figured out my number one problem was what helped me was I realized what business I was in, which was I was in the marketing business, so I I could really do marketing consulting if I wanted to, and um, uh. But so the growth is we have a, our 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 own subscription service called the Money for Life Club, and I'm really trying to introduce people to this movement. You know, kind of like you, I want to educate people and I want to kind of cancel out the noise of all the BS that they're hearing and just build yeah. a community of you know self empowerment, self direction. And uh, you know, you know, leaving a legacy, and Mm -hmm. so that's my mission. I I call it the four pillars of a strong personal uh, economy, which is freedom from debt to others, ready cash when you need it, passive income, or really more accurately, asset-based income that you don't have to work for and you cannot live, and a legacy of wealth and wisdom. So that's kind of like the end of the movie, so that we can kind of teach people to you know build generational wealth. And so I'll never retire from that because that's you know, that's really what I want to do. So we're expanding, we're growing that we may, we're going to add on a, um, I, I have a great affinity because of my background for business owners. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's, there's a lot of mediocre advice given, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and locally to, to business owners by, and, and, and like different, things i see out there they're training business owners but they're run by people with jobs like the executive director is this they ain't never been an entrepreneur you know giving you know never worked without a net giving advice to people that you know you kind of got to eat what you kill and so i i uh you know i'm working on a forum for that (laughs) matter of Mm -hmm. fact if you're not in business you can't even get in and uh because you don't get it, you know. Most business people feel like they're uh, hunted by a wolf they can't see. Right? They have all the pressures. They got to make payroll. They got this and that. They got tax stuff. They've got if you if you got brick and mortar. Yeah. You know, see, you those
0: those are the, those are the parts of business that most people don't talk about. They talk about the the, the beautiful parts, but not the uh, the stress that comes with being uh, in business for yourself.
1: Yes, and you have to be able to see that part of the personal development because you have to you got to become mentally tougher okay. uh, with that. You have to have the ability to not need approval from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it goes back to you. You got to, I'm really controlling of, of my environment. I do this with our kids is, you know, who you watch, hang around, listen to. So you've got to get entrepreneurship is, is lonely. Right. And so, sometimes you might have a spouse that don't understand what you do. So you've got to get around other people that are on that journey that will encourage you, that understands that, you know, it is painful now, but you got to work through it. But you also have to work with what I call accurate information.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, I have a couple more questions before we get out of here. Uh, The first one is this along this journey that you've, you know, you've, that you've went down the led you to where you are today. What has been the biggest hurdle that you've had to climb or something you had to overcome to get you to where you are now?
1: Uh, I was myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: what do you mean by that? When you say uh, yourself, what, what about
1: yourself? you know, so, cause I I started out as, uh, in, introverted. I thought, you know, certain people wouldn't do business with me that, you know, didn't look like me, which was not true. And, um, uh i never had that feeling that i couldn't do something because i was black because my parents didn't play that it's like you can do whatever you want to do so i didn't have that but i had to uh i guess work i did not really had a self-esteem problem but i was not any so sound
0: like you're saying self-confidence like a confidence
1: yeah i d- well no uh, if you knew me confidence wasn't a problem for me. I was a ball player, right? So, okay, so, 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 so
0: what is it? <laughs> I just, I, you, know, well, I'm not,
1: you know what? I it was skills. I didn't have, it was really skill development. I didn't have the skills necessary to make a hundred or $200,000 of the money that I wanted to have. So I had to grow into the skills. I had to learn the right stuff. A lot of the stuff that the industry teaches you on, on how to do business is bad information. They teach you to beat the bushes and prospect. And, you know, I don't make many outbound calls. People come to me. Right. And so I've learned how to develop a system where uh, people call me and ask to qualify to see if they can work with me. So that was a game change for me. Once I learned direct response, educational based marketing. Okay. So I don't chase people around. And uh, that was, and that's really taken me about five. So I've really discovered that and really 10 years ago, but I really didn't start to understand it and implement it for about four or five. And that has been the game changer, but I had to get to that point, get to the confidence, you know, get the experience. One of the things that helped me as I wasn't afraid to try stuff, you know, a lot of people want all the lights to be green before they leave the house. And One of the things that you've got to do is, I always tell people, I tell new people in business, activity produces knowledge. Knowledge does not produce activity. So you got to go, you know, Emerson said, if you want the power, you have to do the thing. So I was never afraid to try it, mess up, get bloody, and come back and try it again, because I would always course correct, you know? Mm -hmm. And, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me get better at this. Let me say this a different way, you know? And I would always learning, and I always studied other people. Right. So I always modeled. I would I was really good at looking at people, how they were winning. And I would dissect what is the essence of their business and how can I apply some of that to my business? I was like that since I played ball. Oh, show me that move again. You know, I was working this camp up in New England uh, Red, uh, for the Celtic Red Arbor's camp. And this guy who plays for the University of Massachusetts, he was beating me with some move. I was like, show me that they would play one on one every day. When the counselors play ball and by the last day at camp, I beat him with the move he showed me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, thank you very much.
1: And, you know, so I play basketball. One of the things that like I used to coach travel soccer and the main thing I would teach people, and I think this applies to business, you have to have the will to prepare to win. Right. So you have to do the work. You have to do the study. You've got to practice. You're going to get bloodied. And I, I I, think I got that from sports. Uh, and then just being able to stay in it. One of the things my dad shared with me, well, this is helpful, is that it takes two to five years to build a business. And I've heard that from the time I was seven. So most people don't give their efforts time to compound. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the future is I really want to begin to teach people those lessons.
0: I think you know, that's that's real interesting. You say that because throughout this conversation, um, it just occurred to me, right? So I always talk about discipline. Yeah. But I, but it just you know, just in this conversation, I'm thinking about patience and how important patience is because when it comes to even investing or specific instruments that you may use, yep. we, we talk yep. about people always chasing a lottery ticket. Yep. And the point you just made is outside of just the investing piece, people working on their own business are are trying to do things so they don't even give themselves a chance. Right. So that patience is also key.
1: It's the patience, it's, it's focused on getting better. You've got to work at getting better. You can't rest on your large. You only coast downhill. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and uh, and you're and so here's the other thing. I people will always want to send money. And so this is when you get advice from a typical financial world. You got a business, right? That you understand that you could control. You don't need to send money to somebody else's business. Mm. You don't even, I had a client, she's got, I don't know, 50, 60 grand. I had told her this story. So this is what I'll talk about. So even what I'm talking about is bigger than insurance, not just insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but what happens is we had a person, uh, the mentor and kind of my coach would show me an example of a dentist that uh, we teach people to invest in himself. So he showed me this guy's PL from 2019. He had paid himself uh, from his dental practice, like 175000 and he had a net. Profit from his PL of like 500, like $510,000, right? So he invested 20 grand into like this practice management system uh, that took him through the year. So in 2020, when we he did his uh, 2020, like last December's profit and loss, his salary that he paid himself out of his practice doubled to 300000
0: mm-hmm.
1: His net profit was up to like $1.2 million after all the expenses, after whatever, and he was buying another dental practice in the process of buying another dental practice. So now he's learned stuff that he could take and apply to that new practice.
0: That's because he invested back into his business.
1: And himself. And yeah. back into his business right and see so what roi is that and you're going to tell me you want to leave your business i had a client said what do i do with this money i want to get into real estate said, listen you don't need to do none of that crap okay you need to invest in your business mm-hmm. and so she called me like a week later if i told her the other story she goes i just found this uh i talked to her this morning i just found this this firm that helps you know uh uh physicians you know grow their 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 practice and she said well they, they it, it costs X, and she says, well, they're going to promise me you know, uh, X amount of clients, but they're teaching her the marketing platform. They're not just giving her a done-for-you system, which is a mistake. See, people don't want to get in and learn stuff. They just want, well, can you do social media? Can you get me some leads off Facebook, whatever? That's not marketing, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a channel. Mm-hmm. And so all that branding, you don't need branding. You need sales. you all people tell you, bro, oh, I could do another talk on marketing, all the BS <laughs> that goes on out there. And uh, <laughs> I don't need no branding. I'm not... I, you know, if I had a practical wealth blimp over the the Super Bowl, you know, uh, that nobody would know to call me to, hey, I need a financial plan, you know, and yeah. so people will get a Goodyear blimp. Nobody's looking at the Goodyear blimp going, hey, I had to run down a Goodyear and get me some tires, you know, no, not so have all. money to waste like that. You need a return on your investment like next month, you know, this month. And so you can't you can't do that, you know, so it's little stuff like that, but see, so when you learn that stuff, then you put your money into what you understand, you'll get multiples of return and it's sending it even, even to, uh, 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 you know, a SEP or, uh, some, you know, mutual fund or qualified plan where you don't even know the fund manager where you can put it in. I'd rather have you spend $200 a month in Facebook ads and I would have you send it to a Roth. Mm-hmm. Because your ROI is better because you can control it. So it's a point when you do that, but you know, you're not there. Most of you aren't there yet. You don't have six months of cash, twelve months of cash. People say, yes. Oh, I got I got I got ten grand. What should I do? I just got okay, my wife is an attorney. She goes, he goes, Well I, oh, you know, I have ten thousand dollars. What should I be investing in? I says, Well, if let us if you gave me the ten thousand to put do something with for you, how much would you have left? He goes, nothing. That's all my money. I says, Well, nothing then. You can't do anything. You don't have any money. You
0: <laughs> you need get your reserves up.
1: Right. Get your reserves up. I yeah, can't do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this question. Because <laughs> I I I could tell through this conversation that you know you're you're big into um, you know, um self-help and, and, and also uh reading. So yes, you know, um, I'd like to know, and I know you probably because you read a lot of books. Give me give me your top five though. What are the top five books that help shape who you are?
1: Good question. So I would say Rich Dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. I would say I would work your way through the series, but it started with that and then probably uh Who Took My Money is one of my favorite ones of, of him. Okay. Where we get into the velocity method. Um
0: You talking about from Kiyosaki? From Kiyosaki. Actually my favorite Kiyosaki book is Cash Flow Quadrant. Um
1: Yes. Yeah. That changed it because now you know what? That's i ought to put that one in there too, because that one helped me understand the game and where i was in the game because i yeah. thought i was in business but i was really self employed
0: same here like that 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 kind of un- but it, it, it and, I, and the funny thing about that is um different people take different things from that book what i took from that book even understanding where you are in the quadrant is that you know the objective is i but you can be an i from any of the other quadrants yes you and can be a one four Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I took from it. I'm like, okay, so you could actually be an I even. But the game
1: is on the BI. So I was I was at a conference and I had lunch with Tom Wheelwright, which is his his um his accountant, right? Mm -hmm. And and uh we he was saying, listen, the the E's pay forty percent in taxes, right? Yeah, S is self employed is like sixty percent. Because if you're a sole proprietor, you don't you pay your Social Security tax and, you know, for yourself and you pay the employer with the employer paid on you. So your tax actually go up. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people don't realize. Right. Bs pay 20 and I's pay zero. So like when I, I tell my daughter, I'll say, listen, so when you're talking to somebody, you can. Here's another way to look at it. Where is their point of view coming from? If I look at politicians, I'll say, are they where are they? Are they E's, S's? or B or an I and see. so what I do, I can tell where they're coming from. So I align my interests so I can kind of tell where they're going to go philosophically. And then now I'm looking at the, that's why you have to understand economics because you can kind of see the tide coming once you understand what you're looking at. See, most people are not strategic enough okay, and they're just letting stuff happen to them. but you can see it coming a mile away, you know? And um, and so you've got to prepare yourself uh uh and protect yourself and then prepare yourself for opportunities because everything will always create opportunities if you're if you're if you're ready for it so you've got to learn to think strategically. Uh I would say look at my bookshelf Richest Man in Babylon.
0: Uh, yeah George Classen. Yep.
1: Is is my basically I teach chapter two of that. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's my business. Carve all your insurance key budget thy expenses make thy gold multiply make all of your home a profitable investment guard your charges from loss ensure future income. Right? And increase thy ability to earn. Okay. That's all I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rich the, man in Babylon, so
1: Those are principles. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, the 10X rules, Grant Cardone's a newer one I like. Mm-hmm. And i tell you one now. I just finished. It's, a, it's so many because I read a book a week, but I, all the Russell Brunson stuff.
0: Yeah. Marketing. Yeah. Okay.
1: All uh, right. Expert secrets, dot com secrets, traffic secrets. Yep. And then I would say uh, The Renegade Millionaire by Dan Kennedy. I just finished that.
0: Yeah, so you got a you you got a bunch of them, but if I, if some if someone nailed you down, and said, "What is your number one?" I guess that would be Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, you had to, if you had to just give one, I had
1: to nail it down to, to start you on the path you need to go down. Rich Dad Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrants.
0: Yeah, okay. Well,
1: well, kind of because Cashflow Quadrants is about it's you know we talked about is be do have, mm-hmm. and so it's about being. See, most people want the have, which are the tactics you know, yeah. and they want to know what to do so they can have, but it's all being in business or being a credit investor and doing what you do in real estate is about being Yep. first. Right. Yeah. And so that's major right there. See, so that's why it starts up here. Which yeah. Is- I,
0: I, that's why I like when you said that it's about becoming something. It's not yeah. it, because a lot of times we focus on the instruments, but not becoming an actual investor, because when you become an investor, that's when you have that matrix moment, you see the entire world different.
1: And it's not risky. See, being, being investing is not risky. The risk lies with the investor not knowing what they're doing.
0: Mm. I think I want to end with that one. <laughs> that, that's a major line right there. I like that. Well, Kurt, listen. Um, I just want to say thank you for your time. Um, thank you for sharing your wisdom, and uh, you know, I definitely appreciate what you got going on. Um, I want to make sure I put links to everything that you got going on within the description, so our audience can check out what you got. You know, um, and follow you and in, in, in along your journey because uh continue to do what you do and, and, and teach folks and you know yeah please
1: please check out the practical Wealth show mm-hmm. uh i would subscribe to our youtube i'm trying to get more or active on instagram okay
0: but,
1: uh, connect me on linkedin but I also i have a gift for i have a if you don't mind i have a, yeah. a, a a report called creating wealth with the velocity of money so where we introduce people to that velocity method mm-hmm. and so if they will text uh so that right you can type this in so that I had a short code, but they're about to go away. So I'm gonna give you the number. Uh, <laughs> so what uh, is it? One
0: eight three three. Okay. Four two two. Huh.
1: Zero two five zero. Okay. And text P wealth P W E A L T H.
0: All right. So let me let me pull that up, and I'll put that for the for those watching. Um, if you're watching the video, you'll see it at the bottom of the screen. Is one eight three three four two two zero two five zero. And the keyword um, is P wealth. And the keyword is P wealth. Let me uh, let me add that to it. Um, P wealth. One word or two words? One word. All right, got you, got you, got you. So, and I'll repeat that as well for the folks that are um, might be listening uh, to the audio version of this. That number is 1-833-42-0250. and the keyword is P wealth. And you'll see it across the screen if you're watching the video. So. Make sure you check out what Kirk's got going on. You can get that free guide right there. Um Kirk, just want to say thank you again. Um, appreciate your time. Um, you know, and and, and we'll have you back in the future. But I just want to say, uh, you know, continue to do what you do for the people.
1: Anytime. And I appreciate you having me and allow me to going to, uh, I call a Curtis rant.
0: Oh, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I, I love that because we're talking about things that need to be talked about because that idea of becoming an investor, I think is very important Yeah. Uh, because we focus on the real estate. We focus on the stock market. We focus on the insurance. We focus on all the products, but not the idea of actually becoming. And I think that's a very powerful statement um that you know so I, I love it i love the uh curtis rank because it's, it's needed so right. just want to say thank you and for the folks out there watching um do me a favor make sure you subscribe to our channel um if you're listening to the audio podcast subscribe there as well follow what kurt's got going on continue to show us support as you you know continuously do want to say we appreciate you and as we always say it's not about how much money you make it's about how much you keep That's getting right. elevates and we shall see you guys on the next episode peace
1: thanks everybody have a great day